Heavenly Father, in the midst of this, this season that's always crazy, I mean, there are always uh, family get-togethers. There are always uh, last-minute shopping. There's always waiting on packages. There's always wrapping things up at the office. But this year, it's, it is different. Our family get-togethers look different. Our Christmas feels a little different. And we just want to behold you. It's easy for us, God, to just lose sight of you. So in this moment, in this time, in this space that we've carved out for you, God, in this worship experience that we're, we're sitting in this room or we're sitting watching online, God, my prayer is that amidst all the regular hustle and bustle and amidst all the added hustle and bustle of this year, that we would be able to behold you, this king, this newborn savior. And that you would speak to us in a, in a brand new way. And that this Christmas wouldn't just be a different Christmas, but that we would be different because we beheld you this Christmas. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, my name is Carter McInnes, and I'm lead pastor here, and I'm, I'm really honored that you're spending uh, Christmas here uh, at Mountaintop. 2020 has been quite a year, hasn't it? And it's been anything but good news. In fact, it just felt like, at times, bad news after bad news. It started, I don't know if you remember this, because it's been a long year. It started with, I'll never forget, it was a Sunday afternoon, with Kobe Bryant's death and his precious daughters. And then the hits just kept on coming. Of course, COVID-19. Racial tension, the likes of which we haven't experienced in 50 years. Senseless deaths, riots, an economy shut down, no sports or sports without fans, really weird sports. The worst hurricane season in decades, you remember that? And of course, murder hornets. You remember those? <laughs> they made a little cameo in 2020, the, the murder hornets. But maybe for you, there was something much more personal, some bad news. Maybe you lost a loved one this year. Maybe you lost a job. Maybe there was a relationship that got broken this year. Or maybe your business was one of those that closed. And it, what's so interesting in, that a year, in a year that it seems like was only bad news, did you know that 2020 was actually good news for some? That's the way it kind of works sometimes. 2020 was really good news if you manufacture mask or hand soap or sanitizer uh, or toilet paper. Let me tell you who 2020 was a really great year for, okay? 2020 was a huge year for Clorox wipes. 
This is like gold right here. I have some. When's the last time you saw some of these? You can't find them. Clorox, did you know this? Clorox owns 45% of the market share of disinfecting wipes. That, that means almost one out of every two disinfecting wipes that people buy are Clorox wipes. They have sold out so much in 2020 that you, you probably haven't seen them in stores. They will not be able to restock shelves until mid-2021. It's going to be June, July before you see Clorox. They're, they're, they have sold, it's been an a awesome year for Clorox and Clorox wipes. It has been a um, good news. It was good news for social media because everyone was online, right? It was bad news for concert promoters. It was good news if you owned stock in Zoom. It was bad news if you owned stock in movie theaters. It's kind of the way it goes. It was good news if you work from home already. You, you already got this down. It was bad news if you were trying to figure out how to work from home and educate children from home at the same time. Can I get a witness, moms and dads? Whew. It was good news if you like your family. You got to spend a lot of time with them. It was bad news if there were already problems at home. That's kind of the way good news and bad news, we don't think about it that way, right? We don't think about that with good news often accompanies bad news. That's kind of the way the world works. We, we think sometimes just, bad, oh no, 2020 has been good for some people. And that's the way all, all of our regular news is. Like when we come home and say, good news, I got the job. Somebody else came home and said, bad news. I didn't get the job. If someone comes home and says, good news, we won the game, or I finished in first place, or, uh, or I got accepted to my, the college of my dreams, that means someone else went home and said, bad news. We didn't win the game. I didn't finish in first place. Bad news. I didn't get accepted to the college of my dreams. That's kind of the way the world works. There are winners and there are losers. Good news is often accompanied by bad news for others. But Christmas is different. Christmas is good news for all. So whether this is a familiar story to you and it's part of your holiday tradition or if it's relatively new to you, I want you to just sit back and listen to the Christmas story that's good news for all people. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea. To Bethlehem, the town of David. Because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary. who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for a baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. 
You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. Which were just as they had been told. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! That's Luke chapter 2, 1 through 20, what we call the Christmas story. Maybe you'll read that tomorrow um, with the friends or just by yourself or with your family. Did you, did you catch right in the middle of that what verse 10 said? This is what the angel said to the shepherds. It said, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Good news that will bring great joy for all the people. Can we just be real for a second? Sometimes churches don't act like Jesus is good news for everyone. You ever notice that? Sometimes churches act like Jesus is bad news for some people. And sometimes churches kind of, sometimes Christians can kind of make some people feel like they don't belong or they don't fit in. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like you didn't belong? A few years ago, uh, we were invited to a neighborhood Christmas party. Um, and we were excited to go. Um, Christmas parties, do you remember those? <clears throat> yeah. Well, this was a Christmas party. We were excited, and so we came home. I've got four boys. My wife Emily and I have four boys, so we gathered everybody up. I came home, you know, put on like a, a festive sweater, and, and was getting ready to go, and it was walking distance. We go, we, we get to the house. The, we had never met these people, so we were excited to meet new people, and it, with the minute we walk in the door, there are two things that I notice immediately. Number one, all the men have on blazers or sports coats. And I was like, I, I mean, I, oh, I didn't know it was that swanky of a party. Uh, um, so I immediately felt underdressed because I didn't have on a jacket. But the second thing that we noticed is that we saw some people that we knew that have children that were our age and their children weren't there. And there were no other kids there. We had brought our boys because we generally like our children and we just do stuff together. And we thought it was a neighborhood party and kids were invited, but we didn't know it was an only adult party and the men were gonna be in blazers. And then get this, of course, my boys are wearing their standard apparel, which is a hoodie, right? Now, my boys would have said to me, Dad, this is my nice hoodie. This is my dress hoodie, don't worry. This is my dress hoodie. Do any of your sons have dress hoodies? This is my good one. And so we, my wife and I, it was a, such a weird feeling of just immediately, we're like looking at each other, giving each other that look and kind of whispering like, we don't belong here. We didn't fit in. You ever felt like you don't belong somewhere? 
Sometimes churches do that. Sometimes church makes people feel like they don't belong or they don't fit in, that they don't measure up, they don't act right, uh, they don't know all the churchy words, they don't know when to sit up and when to, when to, sit down, when to stand up and when to sit down. You ever felt like that? Have you ever walked into a church and felt immediately like you don't belong? Like the people, oh, that's an awful, that breaks my heart. That's an awful feeling and it breaks my heart because we work really hard at Mountaintop to be a place that's for all people because we believe that Jesus was born to be good news for not just some people, but for all people. Now listen, we're all like, yeah, of course, right? Of course. Yeah, we love that idea. But I think this is more difficult than ever before, and it has nothing to do with how you dress or knowing churchy words or anything like that or worship styles. I don't think it has anything to do with that. I think it's because more than ever, we have divided ourselves from all people into my and our people. Your social media feed does not have the ideas and opinions and thoughts of all people. It just has the ideas, thoughts, and opinions of my people and our people, right? In fact, if someone shares an idea and an opinion I don't like, block that. Unfriend them. See, I get to choose that it's just going to be my people or our people. That's the way it is. And I think it is so easy, it is so easy for, for churches and for Christians to kind of kind of end up making the birth of Jesus, making Jesus just be for some people. I think it's so easy for Christians to land in the divisions of the world and categorize them over there and ignore them over there. You know why? Because they're not my people. They're not my, they're, that's those people. Ah, that's those people. That's what we do now, right? We divide. Liberal people, conservative people. Coke people, Pepsi people. We divide. That's why one of the things that's so amazing to me is that this proclamation from the angels is as radical and relevant and revolutionary today as it was then. This was an earth-shattering message that the shepherds received from the angels. Jesus was good news for all people. Jesus was good news for men and women. Jesus was good news for Jews and Gentiles. Jesus was good news for peasants and the prosperous. And friends, I want to tell you something. I want to proclaim something to you today, this Christmas, that in a world that still tries to divide with very thick lines, Jesus is still good news for all people. Jesus is good news for people who voted for President Trump, people who voted for President-elect Biden, and people who didn't vote at all. Jesus is good news for Democrats, Republicans, and those in between. Jesus is good news for Hispanics and Asians and African-Americans and Caucasians and Native Americans and every skin tone under heaven. 
Jesus is good news for people who grew up going to church every single Sunday and for people who have never stepped foot in a church. Jesus is good news for all people. Jesus is good news for all people. Listen, listen, listen. Good, Jesus is good news for the greatest generation, for baby booners, for Gen Xers, for millennials and Gen Zers. Jesus is good news for people who have walked the straight and narrow most of their lives, and Jesus is good news for those who have battled addiction. Jesus is good news for people who share hashtags you like and for people who share hashtags you don't. Jesus is good news for fans of every SEC football team, fans of every other conference's teams, and fans and people who could give a rip about college football. Jesus is good news. Jesus is good news for Americans. Jesus is good news for Canadians and Mexicans and every nation on planet Earth. Jesus is good news for front row every Sunday, hands raised worshipers and backsliders who haven't been in a while. Jesus is good news for all people. Jesus is is good news for Southerners baptized in sweet tea, Northerners who call soft drinks pop, and West Coast people who think In-N-Out Burger is better than Whataburger and cookout. Brother, it's not. Nothing's better than cookout. But Jesus is still good news for all people. Still good news. Jesus is good news for me. And good news for you. You know what the Greek word for all means? All. <laughs> Jesus, good news for you. No matter where you land on the issues, no matter what you got going on in your life, no matter where you come from, no matter your background, just good news for you. Now, I think I've cleared up that Jesus is for all people. <clears throat> but we can't miss what the news actually is and why it's so good. It's right in the next verse that the angel said in verse 11. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Messiah, the Lord. It's this simple. Here's the good news. It's this simple. A savior is born to you. That's it. Now, I know that sounds so simple, but it's really profound and it's deeply personal. Because here's something that you have to ask. What if you don't think you need the news? What if you don't think you need the gift? Have you ever gotten a gift that you didn't need? One Christmas, we got three food processors. <clears throat> now, we really needed the first one. We needed the first one. In fact, the reason we got two to start out with is because my wife and I both actually got each other a food processor. Now, I know for some of you, this is like DEFCON 5, two alarm marriage problems that you would buy appliances for one another. But we're very practical people, and we don't mind buying appliances. Gentlemen, I would not recommend it every Christmas, but every once in a while, we're okay with it. And then uh, some of our family also gave us a food processor, and, and it was just kind of like, it was hilarious when we finally opened it. We're like, yay, another food processor. 
A food processor is a fine gift, but not if you don't need one. And a savior is a fine gift, but not if you don't think you need one. You see, a savior isn't much of a gift if I don't think I need saving. A savior isn't much of a gift if I don't think that I actually need saving. A savior is good news, but it won't do much good if I don't think I need one. You see, Jesus wasn't just born to be a feel-good story at Christmas. Jesus was born to be a savior. Jesus was born to be the fulfillment of God's promise to deliver a Messiah through the Jewish people to all people. Jesus wasn't born just to grow up and be a, a, a respected teacher and prophet. Jesus was born to be a sacrifice on a cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And you only need that kind of a savior if you think you've got some sins you need to be saved from. Do you? I know I do. When... Uh, when I brush my teeth every morning and night and look in the mirror at this man staring back at me, I see a man who sure can't save himself. I see a man who tries he, tries he might, keeps messing up. I see a man that needs a savior. How about you? Now the good news, the good news, is that no matter what you've done, or no, how, no matter how sketchy you think your past is, Jesus was born to be a savior to forgive those sins, if you'll have him. Friends, here's the, here's the Christmas message. The good news is that Jesus is for all. You don't have to worry about like, is it for me? Is it for me? The good news is that Jesus is for all. But you decide if Jesus is for you. The good news is that Jesus is for all people. It's for all. But you decide if Jesus is for you. A Savior has been born to you. A gift given for you. But it won't make any difference in your life until you come to the grips with the reality that you need a Savior. Simply, that I am a sinner in need of saving. This Jesus won't make a dent beyond this candlelight service until I believe it's true. Until you believe it's true about Jesus and about you. And when you finally come to grips with your own sin and stop making excuses and just come to God broken. You're going to find that it is that broken you and that sinful you that Jesus was born for and died for. You can stop pretending this Christmas. You can stop acting like you got it all together. 
Jesus was born for the you that doesn't have it all together. Isn't that good news? Jesus was born for the you that doesn't have it all together. And it's at that moment that you realize that Jesus wasn't just a good gift and this wasn't just good news. This is the greatest gift ever given and the best news ever proclaimed. The Jesus that was born in Bethlehem that first Christmas was sent to save us, was sent to give us eternal life now and forever, was sent to pay the punishment that our sins deserve so that we could have the forgiveness that we could never deserve. And when you finally realize that, that this isn't just a feel-good Christmas story, that this isn't just a candlelight service tradition, that this is the news that my heart has always longed for. That's why every Christmas we should fall on our knees and thank Almighty God for the night that changed our eternity. For the night when God looked past our sin and loved us anyway. For the night that a baby became a God with us. For the night when the long-promised Messiah, my Savior and your Savior, Jesus the Christ, was born. The good news is that Jesus is for all. But this Christmas, you decide if Jesus is for you. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, it is so easy for us to point out all the things that are like wrong with the world and others. But you challenge us at Christmas with this message that's for all people to make a decision if it's for us. And so God, my, my prayer tonight would be that we would be able to say, yes, Lord, I need a savior. I need this Jesus. Thank you, Lord for saving me. And for some of us in this room right now, God, this might be the first time, this might be the first experience that we've ever just had to just come to you and say, Lord, I thought it was that I had to be good, do good, act good, but I come to you right now broken and say, Lord, I need a savior. And for the first time in my life, I wanna say Jesus is for me. So if that's you right now, if you would just, just ask God right now, say, Lord, I want this Jesus. I am one of those broken sinners. But this is for me. <laughs> I want that forgiveness. I want that mercy. I believe you died for my sins, and I believe you rose to give me victory. Thank you for being born. Help me 
to be born again in you. Lord, thank you that that night you sent your son to save us. In Jesus' name, amen.